Welcome to the DevReady podcast, where we're helping non-techs build better tech. Today we have Islam Abdullah joining us from Ilma. Islam, welcome and thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much, Andrew. Now tell us a little bit about yourself, your background, your history, and how you started the journey of Ilma. It's a definitely a very interesting uh, journey. So I never actually knew that I'm going to start uh, building my own business. I never expected that at all. So let's just go back a little bit from the start. So I was uh, born in Egypt and I also like joined the university uh, computer science and um, I graduated 2004 with a bachelor degree of computer science. So I had all the passion about uh, technology. And after that, I started to get into the, the workforce and, and finding work. So mm-hmm. after I graduated, I found that um, uh, the knowledge that, so I graduated as a programmer, but I find like after I graduated that all the knowledge that I accumulated is obsolete. It's actually outdated. So <laughs> yeah. it was the shock. Always moving, definitely. <laughs> exactly what we found. Yes. That's, that's, that's the case, isn't it? <laughs> so what happened is uh, I started to look from starting from the ground up. Uh, I started working in a computer shop, so selling computer parts and helping people to fix their computers because I used to use computers since like a quite early stage. So 1995 was the first time I put my hands on computers. So, so I started to help people to fix computers. And yeah, so I got myself into technology, um, which even if it's far away from my education. But anyway, I started to move forward and try to discover where can I actually start the career that I love. It was not the case. Every time I go fi- try to find a job, they say to me, you don't have experience. So it was disappointing, of course. So anyway, I came to Australia 2000 and, uh, 2009. I came to Australia and uh, I started again to try to find a career in IT. But uh, the, other qu- the other answer was, you don't have Australian experience. So you don't have experience and then you don't have Australian experience. So uh, I start to battle there and I, I start just to work anywhere until the, I put my foot into the IT doors back early, um, I, I think uh, early 2011. And uh, I had the first job at Fujitsu. So I was doing like uh, desktop support okay. uh, overall for big corporates. And that was the first uh, step. And then I started to move forward until... Until last year, uh, two years ago, uh, my last job was working for IBM. I was infrastructure engineer, so looking after shell infrastructure, so data center, so very comprehensive, and that's that's exactly the career that I love. Of course, like uh, from this uh, from the start point until until um, two years ago, uh, it was like of course like a, a quite of a journey. Uh, so I'm not gonna go in details in there, but yeah, it was was quite like an interesting journey. I love what I do. But I never felt the satisfaction whatsoever. I never uh, felt that I'm doing something that um, it, it make me grow. Uh, every time I, yeah, it, it's it's basically make me to uh, to still where, where I am, uh, even if I'm growing. But it's it's growing in career, but not professionally growing. Uh-huh. You have to wait for a permission from your um, uh, from your manager to even say something. So it, it's very difficult to to find that freedom to bring your ideas to the world and 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 to validate uh, who you are. Um, so uh, until one time I had a conversation with uh, Sandy, my co-founder. We're just talking overall about uh, cryptocurrency and uh, blockchain and it was very interesting, you know, like uh, to get into it. I started investing into um, uh, cryptocurrency actually from very early stage. And uh, like uh, be- before even like uh, it become a uh, Bitcoin become uh, well-known everywhere. So I started to actually put money into it. And then oh, when, well yeah, well, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to go there. <laughs> I sold it quite early, to be honest. So yes, yes, I, yes. I sold it was like about two, uh, $800. So I bought okay. it $600 and I sold it $800. Oh, so you started early, but got out early too. So that's okay. <laughs> made a profit. So I've been playing in that space for a long time, up, down, left, right. And, um, yeah, it's an interesting market, that's for sure. Yeah. Job too much into blockchain, but um, yeah. <laughs> so investing in that space, it's uh, enjoy the ride. 
yeah, enjoy the ride, you know, like uh, ups and downs and your heart starts uh, to pump every single day and, and you go, you know, like you go and do like the day day tradings and all of that. And yeah, you make a lot of money and then, oh, it's gone next day. It's, 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 very it's a fun journey, that one. It's a, it's a ride. I love it. So just, just briefly on that, so you, you mentioned that you never really felt like you were growing. Um, no fulfillment in your job, no purpose. So what was what was missing there? Growth. So growth. It's, it's basically you are... Um, okay, so I, I, I actually, I describe it in that sentence. It's, it's like you are a drug addict when you are in a job. You get a paycheck, this is your drug. So you wait for the next paycheck so you can pay your bills and again and again and again and again. It's just, it's like uh, you are chasing something uh, that um, make you, uh, well, let's, let's put it that way, actually to make you just survive, uh, which is on the, on the other hand, what is survive? So uh, animals survive, animals in, the, uh, animals in the wild, they survive. So they don't really need to, to do things that they, they don't have to do um, uh, to survive. So we are doing something that we don't have to do to survive, which doesn't make sense. Like we are, um, it's a waste for our knowledge and our um, uh, uh, our mind. You know, like we, we have we, we have intelligence and and we waste it just uh, going and working in a job that just give you, to give you a paycheck and that, that's it. The end of the day. Uh, I knew Andrew that there is something in there. I know that I have something much bigger, but it's not fulfilled in my job. Mm, yeah, I don't it's think. just a job. Yeah, it's just if it's just a job and the chasing the paycheck, it becomes a rat race. Like you've, yeah. you've got a mortgage to pay, you've got bills to pay, and you just have you tied to the job. And if you don't love it, that is a problem. Uh, there's a lot of people out there that unfortunately don't love their work and don't love the where they why they get up in the morning and doing what they do. And being a business owner and enjoying the challenges in that, there's always a plenty of growth. And I get I get the, the the draw to growing and learning and evolving because if you're gonna jump into becoming a founder or running businesses, it's yeah, it's a very different world and you have to grow as a yeah, person um, every day. All the time. Yeah, every day. Every day. It never stops. Yeah, the challenges are make make you growing, but in, in your job there is no challenge except your manager. It's as simple as that. And also one of the other things is that, that environment to make a, a create competitive environment between the staff. They are chasing the next um, the next promotion, which is what, what is it? What is the promotion going to take you? It's not really far at all. Like, you know, you're not going to get anywhere. And one of the other things that this connection between the company vision what what is really the, their vision? What they want to do? No one know. No have no one have any idea. And the where you at in in your job? So it's that disconnection it created exactly as Anthony said. It's it's just job. And that's what drew me to you and having a bit of a chat because I think um, I like your philosophy. So now <laughs> jumping out on your own, that's a big step, isn't it? So yeah. how did you how did you go about approaching that and? What got you out of the, out of the job and jumping into your own little startup world <laughs> and founding your own business? So, what was that step that for you? Yeah, so uh, going back to having a conversation with Sandy about the cryptocurrency and and the world that it's creating, uh, it's creating a, a brand new world and the ability that you can utilize it so you can incentivize uh, people to do certain things. And there was something amazing in there. Actually, the original idea that we came up with was absolutely amazing. Um, when we had the chat, I found because again, you know, I'm a very early adapter using technology. Uh, I started to use uh, actually uh, social networking since uh, 1995. That was that was uh, the first time I started to uh, to use online networking, which is many people don't uh, even hear about it. Like there is a platform that was built in Microsoft uh, Windows 95 and 98. It was called CChat or uh, what CChat. What does it stand for? I actually forgot. So uh, C-Chat, that was built in, into uh, Windows 95 and 98. But then after that, it's obsolete. It was obsolete or they retire it. And they come up after that was MRC and then ICQ and many different uh, networking. So I started from the very, very early stage. 
Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, not very interesting. Yeah, and and like I seen the. I don't. I've never heard of Sea Chat. No, anyway. <laughs> no, no, not Sea Chat. I've heard of the no. evolutions of it, but not. Yeah. Not many people. No, actually, Sea Chat was amazing because uh, it used to be like uh, yeah, it's Comic Chat, so this, it's sent for Comic Chat because it's a character. You choose a character, and uh, you actually interact with people with your entire body. So it's like the the character give you like uh, face impressions and body gestures. Um, actually, like it's automatic. So if you say uh, you, a point to you, and you are like uh, standing, all of you in the chat room, you, you're standing, all of you together, and you're interacting with these gestures, and it was amazing. Like there is nothing like it. And back then, like we used to have uh, absolutely constructive conversations, and um, that I cannot find it anymore. So since the change of uh, this type of networking from MySpace, so MySpace uh, it changes the entire game. And then Facebook came uh, after that to take over from MySpace. Oh, so yeah, social's been obviously made a massive impact on the way we communicate online, offline. And sitting in Melbourne in COVID, uh, there's even more communication now. It's just continuously open up borders. So you can talk to anyone across the world in any yeah. moment. Speaking to someone in Belgium the other day, US the next day, Singapore the next, and it's like you're in the same room because speaking to someone in Melbourne is the same experience right now. So Yeah, it's one world. Yeah, yeah, the world's changed because of the internet and then the social networks has completely opened up the way we communicate and connect. And it's a very interesting, Andrew, that it's also, yes, it connects us, but every platform, it has its own essence and way that it actually shaped the way people communicate. Like you'll find people communicate on Twitter in a totally different way than Facebook or people communicate on LinkedIn again in a totally different way. So it shaped actually the way how people communicate. So back in the past, people really used to dig into problems and a conversation to know you. We used to use nicknames, not actually your name and your picture. We used to use nicknames. So once you started to use your picture and your, um, your actual name, uh, conversation started to change. It became like ego-driven. And that, that's the most distinctive difference that I noticed, uh, that people started me. It's, it's all about me. Uh, here, I'm going to share my, uh, my photo about uh, me eating whatever. So <laughs> the communication started to become a disaster. So like, I, I don't use Facebook. Uh, actually, I have accounts on Facebook, but I don't use yes. Facebook. As... I never actually drew, drew into Facebook really at all. LinkedIn is probably my preference of anything at the moment. So if Facebook never drew my attention, I'm not sure why. I just never really got involved. But now we know. Um, <laughs> LinkedIn, we we met on LinkedIn. I yes. Yes, we did. Yes. Uh, and it just opens up connections yeah. and networks. And, and it's for business outcomes, it's connect. But it's also connecting like-minded people, which I, I find brilliant. Yeah, so that's the advantage of what social can do for us. As far as I can see, definitely LinkedIn is one of the, the best uh, platforms so far. But yeah, so fast forward from, from there, from, from the past, until the time that I had the conversation with Sandy and, and I said, there's something really missing in the uh, social communication world. And uh, we, we link this with cryptocurrency and the incentives and uh, rewarding systems. And how can we drive people to have more constructive conversations? So, and of course, like LinkedIn is an amazing platform, but it's, a, it's a more professional. It's not for all public. So, but public are actually missing that kind of interaction, that deep, deeper interaction. So we came up with amazing idea. It was absolutely amazing. And we started to actually implement it. We built our own cryptocurrency that we will plug it into a platform, a social platform. And it okay. w- w- was really innovative. Like every single thing about it was, was really innovative. With the intention behind it is to drive people to have more constructive conversations. And um, after a while, the Australian government or ASIC, they decided that security tokens are illegal or, or you, ha- you must have a security uh, license for to be able to operate security tokens. So all what we've been doing, it's, that's it. It put on a half. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was very, we were sort of engaging in that space for a little while and um, sort of um, 2016, 17, and yeah, had those challenges came up because the legal ch- ramifications of what we're really doing is creating a security. And you need to show utility for that, yeah. which you can still do, but yeah, it's a lot more red tape now to get through. The US, for example, is cracking down significantly, taking a lot of these cryptocurrencies to court. 
sending them broke, basically having to pay back. It's yeah. been yeah, interesting challenges in that area, but a lot of great things will be coming from that space too. Hundred so, percent. Yeah, watch the space. Yeah, so a lot of learnings. Definitely. Yeah. yeah this is the pioneering phase where they'll have to just test and experiment and push the boundaries. Yes. And then once everyone settles on what's actually possible and what's safe and legal for everyone involved, then they'll know where they can take it. Yeah. It's so what was that evolving. experience like? You obviously spent time investing in something and you got thrown <laughs> a curveball. And that happens in, in startup world, doesn't it? So we can get thrown curveballs. Well. Yeah. <laughs> Where you basically put time, effort, energy, and then all of a sudden they're taken from under you and you, yeah, the opportunity's gone. So what did that feel like for you? Well, of course, it, it, that was like a, a disaster, but I already like I knew that this is coming before before it come to Australia. It started at uh, in the States, so uh, the ESC, AS, ESC. And um, is it what is it? ASC, SEC, yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> thank you. <laughs> yeah, so they, they cracked down uh, initially, and then I knew straight away that actually Australia going to follow. So I started to prepare for for that, and uh, we knew that this this not going to go that direction. And I started to do some investigation with some lawyers and uh, related to blockchain. They have some knowledge about blockchain and cryptocurrency. We knew that we're not gonna go that way, uh, but. You know, this was the start point that I can build something. So there is something that in there, that we still have that core that we wanted to uh, empower people, uh, uh, no matter whatever it is. So the tool is just, it's a tool, but the concept behind it is the most important thing. So we started to move into, um, all right, you know, like uh, that's that's something, you know, that we definitely not going to be working with. We, we know that this is technology. So let's focus actually what's happening in the world around. And we find that uh, because actually cryptocurrency was one of the things that started to increase uh, the number of entrepreneurship uh, or entrepreneurs around the world to, to exploit this technology. So and we, we started to continue further research. And that was it. We knew that. Entrepreneurs are the most people actually who are struggling building the new products like because we've been through that, but we don't know what what's actually needed for to build a successful business. We try to to reach out to accelerator programs or uh, many different support, but we find that there is no any kind of support that can help someone who have an idea or a great idea. Uh, it's basically they say ideas are cheap. That, that that's the the most common answer is. Ideas are, are cheap, but execution is the most important thing. Okay, yes, I want to execute, but I, I, I need to understand how, how to build yeah. the business. <laughs> yeah, it's a whole company. Like uh, uh, We thought that, all right, we're going to build something. We're going to go to the market. We're very excited. It's going to be something. I'm, we're going to change the entire world, and we're going to put it out there. And then we find, you know, so uh, actually Y Combinator, they say uh, it's a reality check-in. So you have the excitement. And then you drop down to the reality check-in. We had that stage and we, we, we was in a really like a, a bad mental state that everything is just going away from us and there's no one want to support us. There's no any kind of support that we can find. And uh, we tried so hard. We try even to, to emerge ourselves into the ecosystem. But we find that we, we find, you know, like, um, yeah, of course, there are um, people uh, give you the advice and all of that. But everyone have a different story. Everyone have their own different unique idea or the business is unique. So uh, advice, it, it doesn't apply across the board. Simple as that. So we knew there's a big problem there. And that's where Elmar come from. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> you know, I think, yeah, like you said there, the person with the idea generally doesn't get a lot of support. You need to start executing something before you even get opened up to accelerators or some seed, seed capital can exist, but you still need to start producing something. And I think you touched upon it there. You're going to build a product, but you've got to build a business. And that's where all the detail comes in because, yeah, having a product in a marketplace is not going to do some guarantee any success it's more about how are you going to serve the customers are you delivering the right product for them um how, how are you going to market get to your actual customers etc there's so much detail in this so yeah I, and that's and like i said to you when we when we first had a chat we started the dev ready podcast for the exact same reason that you started investigating Ilma. it was to help non-tech build better tech but then the point of that is 
you've got founders that go through the journey and realization that it's never really about the product. The product's the, the delivery mechanism. It's the point that the consumer interacts with, but we need to know the consumer, understand the customer, understand their, their pains, their problems, understand how we actually monetize this thing. Because in the end, it's a business. And it's, this is the most difficult part, Andrew. Yeah. This is actually the most daunting part for a founder. I know that because I've been through that. You ask me, for example, go back two years ago and you say, have you spoke to your customer? I say, why do I need to speak to the customer? I know that this is a, this is a problem. Yes. <laughs> so it's a quite common. So it's the dynamic for a starting a business, as, as you said, actually a profitable or even a monetized business. You need to learn about your customer. And that's that's what most founders are missing because they're just sitting behind the computer. They have no idea. And yeah. losses income. Is a product last thing actually come the product if you can uh, actually we, we we are in this phase now we are doing everything manually and it, it's it's a nightmare right? <laughs> i'm telling you it's, it's not easy it's a very difficult yes. we, we are building a platform yes we are building a platform to to host uh, um, uh, all of uh, uh, these parties so entrepreneurs and and experienced entrepreneurs uh, like investors connecting them together uh, in in a harmony, you know, but now we're doing it manually with Excel sheets, believe it or not, because we know that we can serve them. And that's you adding value. And I think that's the point that people get a little bit lost in. And it's a, this is a huge point. You can still add value without technology. There are ways to do things that don't mean that you have to invest two, three, five hundred thousand dollars to build a piece of technology. That's just, and that's the point of um, where some people stop. They have an idea and then they start investigating and say, oh, it's going to cost me 200000 to build this thing, so I'm going to walk away. And that's disappointing because there are other ways to do things and you've just raised one there. Yeah, the technology just allows you to scale yeah. and automate. Yeah. So you couldn't serve 100,000 businesses using the Excel spreadsheets? No. Because there'd be a limit to how much time you have in a day and how many people you can have running those yeah. sheets. But that's when a system can do all of those in a fraction of the time. Mm-hmm. And then it allows you to get that scale. And then the technology has a purpose and the the return on investment makes sense. Exactly. So actually that, that remind me, uh, what's his name? Paul, uh, the founder of Y Combinator. Uh, Paul, I'm not sure if you... I don't know his surname. No, I don't know Paul. So he's, he's the founder of Y Combinator. And he, his advice that always come and ring in my head, as Anthony just said, that you build something that it doesn't scale and then you build something that is scale. So you prove with something with Excel sheets, you prove that there are some dynamics that you, you can actually create a business and then you build the things that scale after that. Paul, Paul Graham, thank you. Yeah. yeah. So with that there, it's, it's great advice because you really you're still in the process component and refining your process because you don't have all the answers. Exactly. We never do. And during your what you're doing with your Excel spreadsheets and bits and pieces and connecting mentors to entrepreneurs and the process you're going through, you're working out a process. And then once you go to build, you'll know exactly. all the answers. Not build something, have to throw it out anyway because it's completely wrong because that's been done before too, yeah. which is quite scary. So yeah, it is a take your time. Exactly. There's no rush. Here. You need to know the process. You need to know exactly yeah. what, what's needed. And you have no idea. Well, again, we, we, we built we, we built, uh, built a product already. And we, there are things, yes, we can take from there. But actually, like a lot of it uh, are not going to be used because the processes, um, when, when you use the Excel sheet, you know the flow. So for example, a customer come, what will happen next? What will happen next? Uh, it's the entire journey. You see it like in, in, in row by row, what, what's actually happening. And instead of it's just a concept in your mind, and it's totally far from uh, when you actualize it in the real world. So this enable you to actually visualize it, um, uh, the, the process from, from the start to the end. And work out the detail, right? Because yeah, there are gaps and you can still improve that process during when you're visualizing it. And it will change, evolve, like every business does. No process is set in stone. And yeah, I think it's pretty scary to jump in and build a full end-to-end solution when you don't even know how you're going to operate. So yeah, hats off to you to think that way and just do it manually because a lot of people don't and that's where they might get it wrong. That's right. And you know, uh, Andrew, that this, this is so important now that we need to get this message out there because we know that there are so many entrepreneurs uh, these days. And uh, th- this, is, this has actually become a trend now. So instead of like just increasing the number of entrepreneurs doing things wrong, 
they really need to understand and, and to know that there are steps to take before you, you start to jump into the deep water. Uh, you, you, need, you need to tip your toes slowly and to see, you know, if, that, if that's working for you, if it's too cold or not. <laughs> so, Ilma, now what's your overall objective? Let's paint a picture. Where do you want to be in five years' time? How do you want to impact the community? Because there are so many ways and so many great people that can obviously add value to entrepreneurs along the journey. We've met plenty in our time. But it's how do you imagine connecting the community within a platform play? How does that sit for you? and What does that look like? So our objective is very clear. We want to empower entrepreneurship that drives impact. So we want uh, entrepreneurs who, uh, especially uh, we know that the younger generation, which that, that's going to be the majority of, of the society or the economy moving forward. So uh, like Gen, Gen Z, for example, they are going, going to be the majority. They are driven by impact. We need to empower them to actually drive this impact. So uh, we know that in five years time that this is going to be the, the majority of the economy, as I mentioned. So we need to empower them. We, they have that passion. And we need to give them that empowerment by connecting them with uh, mentors that can actually help them to to actualize that. So and, and instead of just driven by, let's go and make, for example, the next unicorn, and it doesn't matter whatever product it is, we want to actually people who are driving uh, drive, uh, drive a purpose and they, they want to see a change in the world. So that that's basically the, the foundation of what we are doing and you know like open a new uh, horizon for other people to also actualize their purpose as well so many people like myself i had no idea after i graduated working working in these massive corporates i have i, I feel that, that something really is missing in there i my i would call it like my light was dimming down and this is not the life that i always wanted so we want to help other people to also find their purpose to identify what really is, is, is the things that they care about and uh, they can bring it to the world by, of course, like finding people like yourself to partnership with to help them to, to bring it to the world. So creating for them that uh, environment, the ecosystem, that supportive rather than, ah, oh, you're not ready, for example, you're not ready now uh, or uh, go on and build something uh, first and then come later. No, uh, we, we need to have uh, an ecosystem that they can support them from the start, from even an idea. And that's what's missing now. Yeah, well, I think that's that's an interesting point because yeah, people want to see something and I think that's generally what people look at. And I think, yeah, what you said about purpose is hugely important. If we're just driven by making some money, it generally um, can end pretty badly because when, it, when things get tough... Uh, <laughs> And there's no money coming in. That purpose really hits home. And um, yeah. if you've got a purpose behind your brand, your vision for your product, it's going to make a, a big impact and a pull you forward. So I think that's yeah, quite commendable in terms of where you're standing from there. One of the, uh, I'll push back to this, it was episode 13 on our podcast, 14 actually, on our podcast with um, a young man who's 76 years old. His name's Neville Christie, who's one of our business mentors now. So <laughs> we met him on the podcast. Ooh. And he's one of our mentors now, which is quite interesting. But one thing he talks about is, um, and I, I'll get you to go and have a look at that and listen to that, is Purpose Mountains. And he, and he looked at getting an understanding of who you are as a, purpose, as a person. And a couple of those were like an example of that is not to get too fixated on what your purpose is, but from your perspective, it might be something along the lines of one of his mountains, I believe, is be the best you can be. And that's a growing mindset, right? So standing on, picking which mountain you want to stand on. So go listen to that episode. It was great um, in terms of content and just different thinking around what purpose can be. Because I've heard this bandied around all the time that we need purpose, we need drive, we need why. But it doesn't have to be overly complex as to what it is either. Yeah, so, so of course, like the agility mindset is so important uh, and, and being flexible. Mm. And, and this is, this is again, so they go together. So if you're rigid with one thing and, and you're not ready to change and, and to adjust yourself to the world around, you know, you're going to be like, uh, like Nokia, for example, or, or Kodak. It's as simple as that. But you, you really need to upgrade yourself all the time to the world around you because you, you don't know everything as well. Like you are, you are entering uh, like an unknown area 
Uh, so every single step, you learn something new and you find many aha moments as, as you go further. So you need to upgrade as, as, as far as you go. The further you go, the more that you'll find that, the, oh, this is something I did not realize before. So I, I, exactly, I, I 100% agree that it's flexible and it, it needs to change all the time. It's always evolving like a business model. Yeah. <laughs> and I think if 100 years ago, it was harder to get into business, but business stayed the same for 20, 30 years and you could sell the same product. Today, you can build a product and in six months, it's obsolete. And it's a very different dynamic that we live in. And I think, I think I can't remember exact stats, but if you look at the stock market over in the US, within the, the cycle of um, how long businesses stay up at the top within the NASDAQs and the Dows is reducing, diminishing, diminishing significantly. The average was about 50, 60 years. I think it was about yeah. uh, 50, 60 years ago. Now it's around 10 years that you're in the Dow Jones, NASDAQ. It's something along those lines. Don't quote me exactly, but it's yeah. diminishing because the change that's happening, new businesses are evolving, they're growing. Have a look at Amazon. There's just breaking into that world right now and where they've come from. And the, it's just yeah, profound how quickly a business can grow if you get it right. Yeah, so it, it's the growth of, of, of the business. It's also the, the, the growth of, of the mindset of, of the founder of, of, or the organization, which, which is running it. Which, which again, you know, like if, if Amazon will stay, I'm going to just be a bookstore where it will be now nowhere. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, same as all those other businesses like Google. If they just stuck as a search engine mm -hmm. and nothing else, then no one, yeah, they wouldn't be the where they are today. It's adapting and adjusting your business and where else can you offer more value that lines with what you're already offering your customers. Exactly. It's unknown. Like uh, that, yeah. That's really people need to, uh, to realize that whatever you think about now, tomorrow's obsolete or it could be uh, obsolete. So, uh, uh, you know, like everything is changing around us and very, very fast. And, and this is why, you know, like as Andrew mentioned, the, the, the business keep diminishing because they not upgrading themselves. It just it, it, it go away. They start they stuck in the the same every day that they're doing the one thing over and over again. And they think that, that that's it. But yeah, they, they don't grow. Business need to understand and also human need, need to understand that you are in a discovery every single day. Yeah. I think that's an interesting point. <laughs> and when you realize that, that you're discovering every single day and evolving every single day, and you own that, that's where things open up quite a bit because there's so much out there that you only know what you know. And if you're willing to learn and evolve, that's where really the passion can come from. You can jump into things. And a great example for us is we started the DevReady podcast because we wanted to share people's stories. We had no idea what the implications of doing this would be. The amount of great people along the journey that we've met, now I consider uh, friends I talk to weekly as a result of starting the podcast, has been profound and it's something you don't realize. And then you have to evolve to become better at what you're doing and continue to evolve process. Just a simple form of a podcast, you don't know what you're getting into until you jump into it. Just trying to explain that point and that's the same as business we never know what we should be doing as a business to serve our customers and if we think we have all the answers you likely will get overtaken because you probably don't so yeah there's plenty of learning and evolving over time and it's always evolving and it's just you have to do it you just have to, have to get started so like like you know like uh, andrew uh, pe people like uh, like yourselves you do um, uh, something amazing for, for founders because you help them from, from the very early stage, from the start, to, to make sure that actually you're doing something right. So you go and do it. You, you just go and do it, but it's a very small scale, like starting a podcast. And then you start to yes. explore from there. What are the possibilities? Not you know. If you say, I know, <laughs> you're not going to get anywhere. <laughs> Simple as that. <laughs> it's, it's true. Now, let's stump jumping a little bit more into Elmer now how are you connecting to mentors and ready like a question I would have as a founder is why would I be drawn to this platform so you're obviously looking to connect entrepreneurs to mentors but who are the type of people that are being drawn into this ecosystem what type of mentors can I expect to work with how does the model look how does it work so we basically our, our core the main asset that we provide is the community uh, that we have. So um, we actually communicate. So Sandy and I, we work together uh, actually 
you know, we interact with with the mentor one on one. It's not just an open an open platform that anyone can just come and list themselves. No, we actually we speak to every mentor one on one. We ensure that these people are aligned with our values. Uh, so we we actually connect with uh, mentors from everywhere around the world. So we have uh, some from Hong Kong uh, angel investors, uh, but they also like uh, it's not just uh, only uh, angel investors, but they've been entrepreneurs for for a quite long time. And um, and we we have also like uh, coaches, business coaches who uh, help a business from the start, from the very early start, uh, to executing something that is more viable helping them to to achieve the MVP because the MVP is not just to, let's go and build something as well. Uh, it's understanding, creating the canvas to understand more about your your customer. And then you started to uh, analyze from there. Um, so it's a, an entire journey. And um, also we, we have different types. So we, we have, you know, like uh, amazing people that we connect with regularly in, in our events. So we have also regular events that we, we run that connect all, uh, all the network together. So it's uh, like a network event. So uh, everyone who participate in these events, they always live with amazing impression, which is we connect with some amazing people. So that, that's, that's basically our core foundation. But we take that further as well. So uh, we, every single event that we run, it, it, it's running with a value. So there is something always to learn from there. It's not just a, hey, we're going to run a webinar, but no, it's, it's actually, it's always different. Always something uh, valuable to to learn from, uh, even if you have a great experience. Also, it will give you insights. If not, then w- the people that uh, you'll connect with. So uh, you will end up with amazing people that you connect with after afterward. At the same time, uh, our workshops uh, it's it's also created or designed so it can help entrepreneurs or any founder who have an idea or they already like scaling their business. So uh, like we serve different uh, uh, segments in the market, they can help them with the practical uh, guidance. So it's not just uh, uh, videos. We have a lot of videos, pre-recorded videos out there, Coursera and many different platforms that they provide courses uh, that currently exist. Uh, Our main difference is that it's actually practical guidance that take uh, participants step-by-step that from, from where they at, they actually personalize their uh, their case and understand more about it and then personalize it and, and move forward with teaching them practically. And also we break it down. So instead of it's eight hours workshop, we break it down into four hours and four hours, let's say, so it can be also executable as well. Mm-hmm. Practicality is important because there's so much content in the world, the internet right now and how to do things. But I think because there's a lot of content overload. Yeah. But working with someone to guide you and analyze where you're at is important. And you, you know, to, if, you, if you don't get that knowledge in to actually give you an idea of, all right, this is where you are. This is the next step for you. This is the road ahead. Because I think it's about opening up your eyes to what is the road ahead. Because there's founders Absolutely. and entrepreneurs and people starting businesses or building new product, whatever you're doing that's new. You don't necessarily know the road ahead, yeah. but if you can step into the shoes that someone's walked that path, that journey and learn from, it can save five, 10 years. It may even allow you to walk away from that idea because you real, the realization is it's not the right one for you to be working on. So yeah, that that knowledge and domain experience is probably pivotal to your offering, I would say. 100%. It, 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 you know, like uh, actually, I will second what you're saying. You should not know what's the road ahead. If, if you know what's the road ahead, you're not actually doing something exceptional. You know, you should actually yes. not sure what it is. Actually, in fact, there is a very interesting topic that I can bring in here. <laughs> I like, I'll, I'll come back to that point, but not sure what the road ahead is, is, and that's a fear thing, an uncertainty thing that people can stop. And that's it. Um, can I, yeah, the, and that can really hold us back. But there is no there is no certainty in anything in life. And then definitely if you go and jump into business and an idea. So, yeah, I just want to add that in a little bit. Exactly. There's no crystal balls for anyone. Exactly. So that, that's actually, you know, the uncertainty and the unknown is that's your growth. This is your opportunity to grow. It's something that you don't know. You have no idea what it is. Yes. This is where you're getting into, and that's where you're going to start to grow from there. Simple as that. You have no idea where you will be after you take, take the next step. Simple as that. But it's definitely it's not backwards. It's going upwards from there. 
you can't go backwards if you're learning. Exactly. Put it that way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. So one one point actually, I do respect uh, Ivan. He's one one of our amazing uh, mentors that we have. Ivan Young. He's he's from he's located in Hong Kong, but originally from Malaysia. He's an angel investor and um, he's organizational psychologist. His background is very interesting. I actually encourage you to go have a look at his uh, his profile. He actually brought uh, to us uh, a concept that I'm very interested into. It's called reverse mentoring or reverse mentorship. So I'm your mentor, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to tell you everything because I don't know everything. You're going to also teach me as well. So together, we will learn where, where you're going to be heading next. So I'll give you the experience uh, that I have in my own domain. But also, you will teach me your own domain, and and we'll, we'll we'll take the step further. So it's a very interesting topic, and I, I encourage you to go have a look. Reverse mentorship or the reverse mentoring. Okay, it, it makes sense from your description of it. Yes, because your yeah, no one knows everything, so a mentor will only be able to tell you, like you said, from their experience. Exactly, mm-hmm. and and the experience is, is only like uh, again around the, their their domain. So uh, my case is different than uh, than my mentor, but uh, of course his experience in in certain topics, like let's say, let's take for example, uh, entering X X market, let's say, um, th- that's he's good at it. So he, he will not say to me, okay, but I'm going to mentor you for finance. Uh, I'm going to mentor you for technology. I, if you say that to me, I really, I should not trust you. Simple as that. <laughs> Correct. That's true. Reverse mentoring. And I think as a mentor, what you're really, I think people need to get a grip on advisory mentor. What you're, what I've, what I've learned is you're buying or you're working with people for their, their domain expertise. But also, you'll soon start to realize if you start putting yourself in those networks, you're working with those people because of their mindset, and you you learn more from the way they think, yeah, than the knowledge that they have, because they ask different questions. They don't set up roadblocks. If they've achieved something big within their career, within their particular realm, they've knocked down those doors, they've knocked down those hurdles, and that's what I've learned over the journey. It's more about attracting into that way of thinking asking different questions that's what a mentor gives to me as a business owner and founder and that's what i think a mentor should be giving to the people that they're mentoring they will not have all the answers but they yeah. will know how to ask a better question yeah. than you do yeah absolutely that, that's an amazing point uh, andrew so it's definitely the mindset the most important asset for an entrepreneur actually i i actually use this word often so i say entrepreneurship is not just building a business it's about your mindset it's about upgrading your, your, your it's a personal development experience. So as, as you said, asking better questions because the questions that take you further, uh, but uh, knowing that I know that, uh, and you hear that all the time. I know it. I know that. I know that. Straight away, you know that these kind of people, they're not going to get anywhere. But I like to ask a question. I like to say, why is that? Uh, or how is it could be done better? Uh, I ask my team, even, even for example, my team, if I have... This is, this is very important. And if I have, for example, a good idea and I want to bring it to, to the team, um, often I see people, they say, I want to do this and I want to do this that way. You know, like that, that's give me a cringe, you know. Um, what, what I do with my team is I say to them, hey, God, what do you think of that? And then I have, a, I have for example, the answer in my head. I, I already got the answer. So see, I got my answer. And then what I'm looking for is I want to hear from all of them to add into my knowledge because my knowledge is one and let's say if i have five team members that's six or, or five more that i have no idea about that it could be a possibility so by asking questions oh we don't have all the answers and i think um you mentioned that if if, if the i know that statement that's a yeah they closed mind because we don't know everything no one knows everything <laughs> there's no way you have all the experience that sits across the planet of every person that's just ridiculous to make that statement but we make that automatically more of us it's it's a protection mechanism it's ego it's just a fight back i know that yeah it's ego yeah that's right that's driving that yeah right so it's just being opened as a founder is hugely important that's probably something that back in the day i did really wrong i, I was driven by ego and thinking Asking questions will make me look stupid. No, asking questions will give you the answers that you need to find. Asking questions will just allow you to lean on other people's experience. Asking questions will save you 5, 10, 15 years. 
asking better questions. So leaning on different people's experience and everyone's happy to share. You will find that there's so many people out there that have so much knowledge that are just more than happy to just share, uh, share their stories, their journeys. And you'll learn more from just talking to someone and a mentor and just understanding their journey, their story, their philosophy, their experience, just by asking questions. Don't, it's not about you. You'll lean from their experience. Exactly. It's like you are one and the world around you. You have your limited ideas and it's just yours. But the world around you, it's, it's much, much more that you have no idea that, that exists. So if you limit with what you have, and again, this is, this is what we was talking about earlier. If you think that you know everything and, and that's it, you're going to execute whatever that you know, and you think that that's, that's where you're at, you're not going to get anywhere, but it's, it's all about exploration. It's, it's all about asking questions to, to add into your information and your knowledge. And there is nothing wrong to be wrong. Actually, there's nothing wrong to be wrong at all. And you should admit that you're wrong if, if you have the wrong idea. This gives you also like credentials with the team. The team will respect you more to say, oh, that, that's a new concept that I haven't realized before. Thank you for, uh, for introducing that or bringing that to the table. This makes people respect you so much when, when you be just a gentleman. So what's, what do you believe I'll ask you a question around an entrepreneur. What type of mindset thinking does an entrepreneur need? So what, what, are, some of the, what are some of the things that you would advise people to, to look at uh, from an entrepreneur if you're going to jump into this space? What are some of the thinking and mindness <laughs> that you need? What qualities do you need as an entrepreneur would be probably the better way to ask the question. I actually had a presentation uh, last week or the week before. It, it was like in a conference and um, I, I made a few slides that uh, actually uh, capsulizing uh, my uh, my book I'm, I'm writing a book and this book called reverse mindset so and basically uh-huh. the, the point in there that I'm, I make it so clear that you need to get rid of what's in your mind now if you if you wanted to grow if you want to add purity into your mind you need to get rid of what you have now or what you've been learning all the years before in the past, you're always looking ahead in the future, the unknown. See, we keep hitting this point over and over again. It's you are experiencing or you are entering an unknown area. So you need to just leave behind what you already have and be ready for the next the unknown that you, you have no idea about. So you can, you, you can take it in and you, you can use it. Uh, and also one of the other things is to use it. So whatever you run, use it straight away. Actually, don't waste time. Just use it straight away. Yeah, I think using knowledge, knowledge is easily obtained, um, but do it, action is, is is where it all sits. So <laughs> I think that's that's pretty important, valid point here because, yeah, we can pick up knowledge from anybody. But if you don't do anything with it, there's there's no point actually obtaining that knowledge. So, yeah, really good point. Yeah, and, and, and you know, like, uh, again, you know, just... Um, uh, what's his name? Bruce Lee. He he said uh, there is actually a say. I cannot remember exactly how he said it. But if you want me to give you my knowledge, you need to get rid of yours. He said it in a really cool way. But you need to get rid of what you have so I can give you mine. Because mine is, is more pure than yours, let's say. I don't want to know. Like I don't want to think if there is an ego in there or not. But yeah, he, he just described it in in a way that uh, what, what you want to learn from me is something that you you don't have. So you don't need to judge. You need to get rid of what you have so you can accept it. You can take it. That's a fair point because we judge everything around us based on our own personal experiences. Exactly. Um, and that's based on our past, what we've been exposed to. Someone might tell you something that doesn't make sense to you but that's only because of your personal experience generally. And that's more of a yeah, an ego-driven thing, right? Where that knowledge in that person has had their own experiences to come to that conclusion. So yes, understanding where they're coming from is probably more important there, really. 
to take on the knowledge. I think that's an interesting point, the way you frame that, though. It's a very interesting when I read it, you know, like, uh, yeah, I've been actually looking at the Bruce Lee quotes, and it's it's a very, it's yeah. around around exactly the same uh, the same concept, um, that you need to get rid of all the past experience that you've been inputting into your mind. It's been, it's been inputting uh, all the years that you're growing up uh, from your school. Well, let's, this is a totally different topic, actually. Like, <laughs> the, the, knowledge, <laughs> the knowledge that you, you got from school, I don't know, should I get started in there? Right? <laughs> uh, we, we can go there a little bit, but just, I think, to summarize this, it's, it's always, always be learning. And I think be open to learning is probably the key thing as an entrepreneur. Because, yeah, we only know so much and there's so much more knowledge than we, we can obtain right now, or we have right now. So I think the key point here is be open to learning, be open to t absorbing other people's experiences and working with mentors. But one thing to also note is the mentor doesn't have all the answers. Yeah. Your role as an entrepreneur is to take on the information and make it. Decision. 100%. They cannot make the decision for you. You still need to move forward based on the information that you have and make a conscious decision. And that's the reality. That's the action that yeah. you need to take. Hundred percent. So exactly, Andrew. So exactly. Actually, I wrote an article a while ago uh, talking about that. Uh, you have advice coming from everywhere, uh, front, back, and center. You know, like all the time, you, you bombarded with advice, and your job is to actually filter that and to know what is viable for you and what's not. Not to take it straight away every advice and you started to to go and act on it if you and without even researching and knowing if this is something correct or not. Use your intuition. Your intuition is actually quite powerful. That will tell you if, if this is uh, something that aligns with you or not. You will get advice all the time uh, that will keep shifting you from your own path. If it's incorrect, it will shift you away from your own path. You need to uh, know that you have a path. You need to know what is that path. And you need to know what is adding value into that path and what's not. And, and you filter it out. Simple as that. And I will add another point as well, Andrew. It's uh, making decisions. This is a very big one. Make, make a decision. Make a decisive decision. This, this is very important. People tend to wait and analyze and uh, uh, paralyze, analyze. Um, <laughs> yeah, they would not get anywhere. So you need to execute. You need to, to, to make a decision. And this is one of very common trait of successful people is making decisions fast. Yeah, and I think in the past I've made slow decisions, but I, I push myself to be faster and faster because you soon realize that decisions, the more time you spend thinking about it, an, an option, it's just wasted time. And you're better off making a decision, getting it wrong, quickly oh, yeah. learning from it, and then evolving because you'll learn. You don't know what's right. No one knows what's right unless they pretend to tell you this is the right direction, exactly. the right path you follow. Here's the 4,000 steps outlined to starting a business to evolving it. They're, walk away because yeah. no one knows that but you need to make the next decision what is the next decision that's going to move you forward or even you're going to learn about to, to ensure that you're moving forward because that decision may not be the right one but that's okay because you'll learn what the right one is by making the wrong one too so that's fine there's nothing wrong with that that is what learning is yeah, your killer is what if it's as simple as that if you think what if that's it you're not gonna get anywhere you, you really that's it you're stuck I would frame that in a different way. And, I, and something that I've sort of attuned to is like, what if it doesn't work? I used to ask myself a lot of questions like that and that held me back. But then I said, I shifted that and I said, what if it does? Yeah. And it yeah. opens up the possibility. Yeah. And I think that allows you to move forward. So it's just different questions again yeah. that it can allow you to move forward. Exactly. It's the same question. See, this is really amazing input. And so, yes, yes, you can ask what if, but most of people, they say, what if this don't work? So, uh, and, and that's, that's, that's the main problem. But what if actually this will work? Where is the opportunity in here? Seek the opportunity that, that you don't know about. Try to find it. Try to discover what is... So, look, look Andrew, I really, really look at the world like in, in duality. And I know that so many people will, will, will push back on that, that, that the world is not duality. And I agree, I agree in a way. But your thinking comes from duality. If it's either, if it's, it's positive, or negative, if it's constructive or destructive. Where do you thinking come from? Where is thinking about an opportunity coming from? Is it uh, something that, where is the opportunity? Or uh, is it gonna work? Or is it 
is it not going going to work? Is there is, uh, for example, are we going to make uh, revenue let's say next year, or are are we? Why we would not gonna make revenue next year? So <laughs> yes, oh, we can focus on negative and that. Uh, for some people, negative can drive you forward. So fear can be a yes. driver. So like fear of failure can be a driver. Yep. But um, yeah, it's not a great driver because it's like it's really a negative driver, and it's always uh, that tension in the body. So. so- so, so look, Andrew, so I actually use this uh, in, in my coaching. So what, what I do is, yes. but I use it for early stage people who um, just coming out of the corporate life that people make decisions for them. Uh, this can, can work very well. Uh, for example, I, I said to them, what do you want to do? I want to, for example, build a successful business or I want to build the business. All right. What will happen if you don't build the business now? this and this will happen so oh okay so that that's really bad that that's bad that's not good all right can you imagine yourself so you have two decisions the decision that you take that action and you're not so if you not take that action you're gonna be in that negative state that you don't want to be or if you take the action you're gonna move towards the things that you want to do so just keep thinking do you still want to be in that situation or in that position and actually that start to drive them away from from the state where they are, they don't want to be. Yeah, correct. That's that's an interesting point there, Islam. This has been a, a brilliant chat going on all different angles <laughs> and fronts. But one thing I've attuned to is, and I think if you look at the history of great entrepreneurs, founders, it it comes down to to mindset. It comes down to your possibilities and ripping the lid off your limitations. And that's the reality of the world we live in. Why is Google as big as it is, and other technologies and, uh, and founders have gone nowhere why is facebook the biggest platform right now compared to i'm sure there's other social networks that exist and have gone nowhere the me too scenarios yeah. like what's the difference and it's generally the people at the top driving this making decisions and taking no for an answer and having a vision having a dream and being willing to learn evolve and really push for the end goal That's what a business is. It's about learning and growing and evolving as people, as team, because team is more important than the individual in the end. Yeah. Um, You can't do it without a team. 100%. Starting out as an entrepreneur or in any business, any idea, it all starts with generally one or two people. And you've got a co-founder in in Islam. So you've got a a co-founder in Ilma. And the the two people begin the conversation of the idea, the possibility, but then you establish established team. And the the sooner you can bring on team, the better for everybody because you're going to get more input into what the philosophy of the business could be. Yeah, and you need to take their uh, inputs. Exactly. You need to take their inputs. You're not hiring people to just to tell them what to do. No, they they need mm. to have inputs. They need to be valid as as human being, as 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 intelligent human being. Um, they will give you value more than you even think if if you allow the, them to um, uh, to fulfill the uh, achieve the full potential. Um, uh, like what you do as a founder, you also you are in a journey to to achieve your full potential. Let them also to have the same experience. Yeah, brilliant, Islam. So just um, for you. So what drives you? What's, what's the thing? Is it passion? Is it, is it the end vision? What, what, what gets you up in the morning? I want to see this world a better place. I had enough from um, waiting and looking for uh, corporates and governments and, uh, to solve the, the major uh, problems that we have on this planet. Particularly, we're talking about um, um, you know, the, the health of the planet and the animals that have been uh, driven uh, to this uh, distinction because of us. So this, this is one thing I want uh, to, to see a change. And it's not going to be done uh, by corporates or governments. If we wait and wait and wait, it's not going to happen. It's going to be done by us, by, by people. We need to, uh, to have that uh, ambition that, yes, we can, even if it's little things uh, that we can do, little tiny things. Uh, when I go for a walk, for example, or anytime by the river or by the ocean and I find plastic, I collect it, I put it in my pocket, and I throw it away. Little action, little actions uh, make huge difference. So I want to see change uh, to this planet. Um, it's very sad, you know, like uh, uh, to see a lot of people. In fact, I had a, a very strong conversation on, on LinkedIn um, yesterday when, when I was talking about sustainability goals. I'm not promoting UN sustainability goals. I'm talking about sustainability for 
Each one of us have the responsibility. It's not the UN, it's us um, and need, need to take control of uh, protecting this planet. It's, it's exactly like, can you imagine that someone uh, come to your house and start digging to your house? What are you going to do about it? What, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you'll take some action then. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so your, your house is on this planet. It's as simple as that. Your, your entire planet is your house. So you, you are allowing, you know, like um, uh, uh, mining companies and, and people going and, and deforestation and all of that to actually dig in your own house where, where you live, where it's going to disappear if, if, if we continue doing that way. Like if let's say there are many theories that say there is no global warming and this is not natural, natural process and etc. I, I, I really I don't care, you know, like if it's if it is or not. What I care about, are we doing the right thing? What we're doing now, is it correct or not? Uh, if it's not, we need to change it. It's as simple as that. And it is not right. Yeah, that's a pretty powerful way to end up the podcast. So, yeah, you stand clearly with passion, commitment, dedication to making big change and um, what you're doing to help entrepreneurs. In a similar vein to what, that's why we, uh, our values clearly align in terms of what you're doing here and just helping people through the journey because change comes from one idea, one person, and that can impact the world and make a big difference. But if that idea is not executed correctly or it doesn't have the right guidance and evolution over that time, it may not ever come to fruition. So that one difference that a business like um, yours can make, if we can impact one person to create a substantial idea that's going to make big change and big impact, that's a positive. So commend you on what you're up to. Thank you. Um, and if anyone wants to reach out and learn more about Ilma and yourself, how would they reach you? I think LinkedIn is a great medium, but also my email is uh, available uh, for uh, anyone. So it's i.abdullah at ilmar.io. That's i.abdullah at ylemer.com. Sorry, it's not .io. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> no, perfect. I really appreciate your time and um, yeah, let's stay in contact. I'm sure we can uh, catch up again on the podcast in the future and uh, talk more about the journey. So appreciate Thanks, it. Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, Anthony. Cheers.